You may be aware that over the summer we're basing ourselves in the Psalms again and considering how God's Word provides us with uh, songs for every season. Uh, this wonderful collection of 150 psalms is, which catalogue the, the vast array of human experience and emotion uh, and ground all of that experience and emotion in God's truth, in God's wisdom, in his character uh, and therefore in his praise and praise of him. Uh, and this week we're going to think and have a look at Psalm 105. Uh, there will be a few references to, to other psalms but our majority of our time will be based in that wonderful Psalm 105. It's a great psalm. Uh, It's longer than some and we're going to take time to read the whole psalm, all 45 verses, um, because actually it gives a brilliant sweep of a a portion of Israel's history. Uh, And all of that, as it does that sweep, all of it points to God's praise. Um, Praise is how the psalm begins. Praise is how the psalm ends. And what we see in between are just some of the reasons why the writer gives, uh, some of the reasons the writer gives as to why God deserves and is rightfully given that praise. Uh, and in some ways, that in itself is the main point that I believe God would want us to hear this morning, that, that there is no shortage of reasons to praise God, to praise who he is and what he's done. Um, but, but as our series title would suggest, Songs for Every Season, um, there are some seasons where, where we need to be more clearly and evidently reminded of those reasons. Uh, sometimes it's easy to forget those reasons or be distracted away from those reasons. In fact, if I could give this message a title, it would be um, borrowed, the the title of a book that Sam was given by some friends called Don't Forget to Remember. Uh, And so that's what I'm going to entitle our sermon this morning, Don't Forget to Remember. Uh, You see, Sam's book isn't about this Sam, Sam 105 per se, but the title rings true of what this Sam has to teach us and other Sams like it. Uh, These Sams, these historical Sams that recount God's promises, his activity, his character, his faithfulness. Uh, in order to remind us of the many reasons we have to praise. And, and there are seasons where it feels like we are, are, are walking on the clouds of praise, if you like, where, where we're so aware of God's goodness, where we're so um, almost instinctively therefore giving him praise. It, it almost feels natural, if I can use that word. Yet there are also seasons where it, it feels like uh, there's, there's a fog that has settled in. It, it feels like it's been a while since we've tangibly sensed God's goodness and presence like, like we know we have done before. And maybe it feels like our, our circumstances have clouded our, our ability to remember. And to the extent that, that it feels like we've maybe forgotten to remember his goodness, forgotten to remember, and therefore we struggle to praise. But but even in these seasons, these foggy seasons, these cloudy seasons, it, we, we know that God hasn't changed He still deserves our praise. Uh, And so it's a gift to have psalms like this one, uh, which help us more consciously remember who God is, remember what he's said, and think about what he's done. Uh, And there are other psalms that follow this pattern too, like I mentioned, other historical psalms as they're sometimes called. For example, Psalm 78, um, 106, even the one that follows this one, or Psalm 136. Um, Please do uh, take some time in those psalms too to be reminded of the goodness of our God. Um, But but for now, let's take... A look at, at this Psalm 105. Uh, let's see what God, let's see what this Psalm has to teach us about our good God, and then think about ways we can make sure that we don't forget to remember. So let's read all of Psalm 105 together. Give praise to the Lord, proclaim His name, make known among the nations what He has done. Sing to Him, sing praise to Him, tell of all His wonderful acts, glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. 
Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Abraham, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as an everlasting covenant. To you I will give the land of Canaan as as the portion you will inherit. When they were but few in number, few indeed and strangers in it, they wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. He allowed no one to oppress them. For their sake he rebuked kings. Do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. He called down famine on the land and destroyed all their supplies of food. And he sent a man before them, Joseph, sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with shackles. His neck was put in irons till what he foretold came to pass, till the word of the Lord proved him true. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people set him free. He made him master over his household, ruler over all he possessed, to instruct his princes as he pleased and teach his elders wisdom. Then Israel entered Egypt. Jacob resided as a foreigner in the land of Ham. The Lord made his people very fruitful. He made them too numerous for their foes whose hearts he turned to hate his people to conspire against his servants. He sent Moses, his servant, and Aaron, whom he had chosen. They performed his signs among them, his wonders in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made the land dark, for they had had they not rebelled against his words. He turned their waters into blood, causing their fish to die. Their land teemed with frogs, which went up into the bedrooms of their rulers. He spoke, and there came swarms of flies and gnats throughout their country. He turned their rain into hail with lightning throughout their land. He struck down their vines and fig trees and shattered the trees of their country. He spoke, and the locusts came, grasshoppers without number. They ate up every green thing in their land, ate up the produce of their soil. Then he struck down all the firstborn in their land, the firstfruits of all their manhood. He He brought out Israel, laden with silver and gold, and from among their tribes no one faltered. Egypt was glad when they left, because dread of Israel had fallen on them. He spread out a cloud as a covering, and a fire to give them light at night. He asked and sorry, they asked and he brought them quail. He fed them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock and water gushed out. It flowed like a river in the desert. For he remembered his holy promise given to his servant Abraham. He brought his people out with rejoicing, his chosen ones with shouts of joy. He gave them the lands of nations, and they fell heir to what others had toiled for, that they may keep his precepts and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord indeed. And we ask him to bless uh, our time in his word this morning. Uh, I I hope you enjoyed, uh, maybe even were able to recall some of the scenarios that we read about there in Psalm 105. It's a wonderful psalm recounting God's goodness and faithfulness, particularly in that section of Israel's history, which is recorded for us in Genesis 12 with the calling of Abraham, uh, right through to Exodus 16, 17, as the people uh, leave Egypt and enter into the desert and begin their wandering with the Lord. Uh, And this psalm shows, doesn't it, just how how good it is to be reminded of the wonders of God in the past. Uh, Not only does it fuel our praise for the present, Uh, But having a clearer and fuller understanding of who he is gives us confidence then to trust him in the present. And therefore we can follow him more passionately wherever we find ourselves now, whatever season we might be going through.
Um, but there's an important issue right at the, the outset of this psalm. Um, uh, you see, we, we could almost fall into the trap of thinking that all of this remembering and retracing of God's hand at work in our lives produces praise within us. Yes, it does. Um, it builds faith in us. Yes, it does. It breeds confidence in our hearts. Yes, absolutely. Um, but there's a risk there that all of that remembering and retracing, um, it, it becomes quite an inwardly focused thing about what God has done in my life for me and my benefit. However, there's a few pointers in this psalm which show that this remembering and the subsequent praising of God which follows the remembering is not just for ourselves. It's, it's for those who don't know God yet as well as for our fellow brothers and sisters who are journeying with us to glory. You see, verse 1 and 2 shows us something that actually links us back to last week in, ver- in Psalm 67. That, that God's work among his people is to be made known among the nations. Look at verse 1 and 2 with me. Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. See, make him, make known among the nations what he has done, tell of all his wondrous and wonderful acts. Uh, and do so publicly, outwardly. Celebrate God's goodness uh, is, the, is the command here. Celebrate in such a way that, that those who don't know him yet may come to know him and see his goodness. And so there's definitely that outward dimension to that celebration, that praise of God. Um, but there's also, as we mentioned, there's also, and there's no question about uh, the importance of praising God corporately as his people for what he's done. Uh, and it seems that that's the audience that this psalm was originally intended for. We know that through the psalm itself, as we'll see in a minute from verses 5 to 7. Uh, but even we see this psalm repeated and quoted elsewhere in Scripture in First Chronicles 16, as David, King David has brought the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem. The first 15 verses of this psalm, he gives and tells the priests to sing uh, with the people as they celebrate God's goodness and faithfulness in the past, which they are now enjoying in their present. And so this is clearly a corporate celebration psalm. And we see that, as I said, in verses 5 to 7 of the psalm itself, where there's a corporate aspect and a, and a, and a, a sense that this is a psalm for God's people to enjoy together. Verse 5 to 7. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Abraham, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob, he is our God. His judgments are in all the earth. You, his servants, his chosen one, he is our God. These all speak of the significant covenant relationship between God and his people. And of course, throughout the Old Testament, that meant the the true people of Israel. Uh, But now through Jesus Christ and what he has accomplished, the way has been made open for God's people to come from every nation and tribe and tongue all through the blood of Jesus. And so as, as we live our lives seeking to follow him, as individuals where he's placed us and, and also corporately as a church family here in this place. How can we be sure then and how can this psalm point us to how we don't forget to remember? Let's continue to praise our God and in seasons, particularly in seasons where it feels like that fog and that cloud has settled in and we're, we're finding it difficult to praise because we're struggling to remember, then how does this psalm teach us to not forget to remember? Um, well, well, the first thing might seem a little bit obvious, uh, but it's nonetheless important. We've got to actively remember. This psalm and the other historical psalms like it show just how important it is to, to purposefully reflect on what, what we know has already been. 
Uh, not just in our lives, but in the whole course of God's salvation history plan. In other words, like the title of Sam's book suggests, we need to decisively not forget to remember, which we do by actively remembering. And I think this highlights the reality that it's possible for us to just drift through life or maybe even be carried through life by the by the busyness and the, the many competing demands for our time and our attention. And in doing so, we risk forgetting to remember see in the, in the next psalm in psalm 106 another historical psalm and it recounts the journey of the israelites much like psalm 105 except in psalm 106 we see the times when people get things wrong and, and getting it wrong often followed a time where they had forgotten to remember and look at just two verses from psalm 106 with me verse 13 but they soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his plan to unfold or verse 21, they forgot the God who saved them, who had done great things in Egypt. You see, it's possible to forget. God has done great things. No one is questioning that. The Bible teaches that. We know that, many of us, in our own walks and in our lives. But it's possible to forget. And there's a real danger then, because we are prone to forgetfulness. One, one commentator had called it spiritual amnesia. In some ways, that's our, our natural sinful disposition, is to forget. And so any time we're not actively remembering, we're at risk of forgetting. And when we forget, then we lose sight of God's faithfulness. We lose sight of God's goodness. And therefore our praise can wane. Our, our trust in him can falter. And just like we see in, in Psalm 106 and other places as it happened through the people of Israel. And therefore the message of God through Psalm 105 is clear. Don't forget to remember, rather actively remember. Um, but, but how do we do that? How do we actively remember? Well, uh, like we're shown here, we, we do that corporately through the songs that we sing. We do that through the scripture that we read together. Uh, we do that as we share testimony and, and wonderful stories and encounters of, of God at work in each of our lives. Of course, we do that together. That all helps us to remember. Uh, and individually, I, I know many of you find benefit um, to, to this end and through journaling. Uh, that, that process of writing out prayers or reflections or requests at different times um, which then give you the possibility of reading back through them to see how God has been moving, what he's been doing, how he has been at work in your life and how encouraging that is, how that builds faith, how that helps us to remember and therefore fuels our praise. Um, some of you might remember back in March 2019 we were looking through the life of Joseph in our um, 5020 series, um, our Life with 5020 Vision, sorry. And we encouraged one another at one, of the, at one stage through that, uh, through that uh, sermon series uh, to map out some of the key moments in our lives and how we saw God's activity in those moments. And maybe something like that would be helpful for you to do regularly. Maybe keep the, a page folded in the, in the spine of your Bible or wherever it's going to be handy for you. Just to pull out every now and again and recognize the steps where you can see God clearly at work in your life. And allow that to fuel your praise maybe even wider than just yourself, thinking about how you've seen God move in your family, in your friendship group, even wider, as we've already seen here, and as Psalm 105 shows us, through the whole of salvation history. So many things we have to give God praise for as we see him so clearly at work. And so there are a number of ways that we can actively remember, but the point is to try to make it part of our regular rhythm, part of our regular routines. Don't forget to remember and the first thing that we have to do is to actively, therefore, remember.
But, but let's look more closely at Psalm 105 um, because there we actually see some of the details of what we are to remember. Um, and it's all very well determining, uh, set, resolving ourselves. We're going to actively remember. But, but what, are we, what are we to watch out for? What are we to remember? Um, well, I, th- I think what I would like to do is, is um, just show you one of the ways in which um, I find helpful when I was studying this passage. Sometimes when I'm coming to a passage of scripture, I'll, I'll type it out, I'll print it out. Um, and I do type it rather than copy and paste so that it just helps to uh, your mind to be engaged throughout that. Uh, I normally space it out quite well and then get a couple of different colours of pen and scribble around it looking for patterns and how, noticing how, how different um, elements of teaching, what God might be wanting to say, are, are communicated through his word. Uh, and so I'd encourage you to do that. And I'd like this morning just to show you some of my scribbles that, that help to see what, what I believe God is saying to us here as he's calling us to remember. Well, if we ask the question, what are we to remember? I think from Psalm 105, we see at least three things that he's calling us to remember. And those are who he is, what he said, and what he's done. Three things that we don't forget to remember. Who he is, what he said, and what he's done. And so let's begin by considering how we remember, how we must remember who he is. Yeah, verse 1, we see we proclaim his name. and That's developed in verse 3 by saying glory in his holy name this is who god is god is holy his name is precious we are to praise his name glory in his holy name Uh, and not only that even there's a hint here in how we see the capitalized lord l-o-r-d in capitals when we see that, that that represents the name of god yahweh this is our god this is who we're to praise we're to praise his name we're to glory in his holy name our holy personal god who has made himself known through his name verse 3 goes on let the hearts of those who see the lord rejoice and so god is the god who brings joy then look at verse 4 look to the lord and his strength he is a strong powerful mighty god verse 6 continues his chosen one the children of jacob he is the lord our god god is our personal god he chooses his people he embraces them in relationship uh, and so all of these things fuel our understanding of who he is and we, we should remember who he is he is the lord he is yahweh god himself he is holy he brings joy and strength he is personal and intimate uh, and so our god is worthy of praise because of who he is let's not forget to remember who he is secondly let's see how we should remember uh, what he said And we see this at the beginning of verse 8 and we see a number of terms here between verse 8 and verse 10 uh, which speaks to us of how God has said or what God has said. So we see terms in verse 8 like uh, covenant and promise. In verse 9 we see covenant and oath. In verse 10 we see decree and everlasting covenant. See this covenant was a binding agreement that God had made with his people purely motivated out of his own grace and out of his own love and, and for his own glory. And that covenant was conveyed through his word. He appeared to Abraham and spoke. He came to Jacob and spoke. He confirmed it to Isaac and spoke his powerful word. And it seems this psalm is is stressing the significance of his word. Not just because of what he said, which is of course important and vital and life-giving. But because of the definiteness of his word. What God said will happen, will happen. His everlasting covenant will not be broken because God is always faithful to his promises. Nothing that he has said, nothing that he has planned will fail. 
He is rock solid and his word carries power and, and punch and so shouldn't be ignored, shouldn't be taken lightly. And of course there's an enormous encouragement for us in that, that we know that God's words are right and they are true and they will come to pass. We know that whatever he says will happen. He is faithful to his word. And therefore as those of us who have relatively free and easy access to God's written word, the challenge here is to spend time in it. Not just tick a box off a Bible reading plan, as helpful as those tools are, but we spend time in it because this is God's word. Remember who he is? God, holy, powerful, majestic, joy-giving, life-giving, personal, has made himself known and spoken to us through his word. It's where we see his timeless, life-changing truth. And in a world that, that bombards us often with messages that are untrue or unhelpful or negative, let, let's ground ourselves in the unwavering, solid ground of the words of our almighty, holy, loving Heavenly Father, this personal God who has spoken to us. And so let's not forget to remember what he said. Getting back to Psalm 105, uh, we can see that some of that orange colour there that highlighted what he said, uh, some of those references to God's word and God's speech, but but they're also linked to the third point, uh, which is what he's done. Very often, that's a point in itself, isn't it? That very often God's word lead to action, or God's words are action. Uh, It's a point in and of itself. His, His word achieves something. His words are not empty. They are full of purpose and action. Even remember back to Genesis 1 where he spoke and the whole universe came into being God's words achieve. Um, but let's think thirdly. Uh, about how we can't forget to remember what he's done. He, he is the God who is remarkably active in his world as he brings about his plans. Um, just look at the, the yellow highlighted sections here, particularly verses 24 through to 44. Th- this whole section that recounts the time of the Exodus um, as the people are in Egypt and then they leave Egypt. Um, and yes, throughout the whole psalm there have been individuals mentioned. So Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph and now Moses and Aaron. Uh, but the point is clear. God is the main actor here. He is the one who is behind all of the action, not only in Israel's history, but in human history. But just look at some of the verbs that are used here in verses 24 to 44. God made, he turned, he sent, he spoke, he struck, he brought out, he spread, he opened, he remembered, he gave. And many, many more. The point is clear. God acts in his world and in the lives of his people. And when we actively remember his action, then our praise is fueled. As we talked about earlier, sometimes we need to take positive, decisive steps to help remember his action. Or maybe it's more when we see him at move, let's put down a marker somewhere, somehow, to know and remember what he has done. But let's not forget to remember what he's done. So we remember who he is. We remember what he said. We remember what he's done. And as we remember, that leads to our response Uh, And that response bookends this psalm. Hopefully you can see there in verse 1 to 5 that that we see what what we're told to do. We praise, we make known, we sing, we glory, we look, we seek, we remember. And the final words of the psalm in verse 45, we praise the Lord. That's what we're to do in response. As we don't forget to remember who he is, what he said and what he's done, then our response can only be to praise the Lord. 
And remember where we began when we praise him. Not only are our hearts encouraged, but the hearts of our brothers and sisters gathered with us are all built up. And the world around us who don't yet know this great God, they see more of who he is. They see more of why they should know him too. And so may we be people who who don't forget to remember. And we want to be people who don't forget to remember so that we are the so that we are people who give God the praise he deserves, showing who he is, what he said and what he's done to a world that watches on. And in response to all of that we give him praise. We give him our lives. And as we see through this psalm, and we see through these points that we've looked at this morning, what he said, what he's done. Sorry, who he is, what he said and what he's done. How much more clearly can we see that than in the person of Jesus Christ? Jesus who came. Jesus, God's son, made manifest in the flesh. He came. And he came to speak, to speak truth, to speak life. But he came ultimately to die. And to die so that he would pay the penalty of the sin that was yours and mine. So that we would know full restoration in our relationship with God when we come to accept his offer of salvation for us. And we're going to celebrate that in a few moments in our service as we share communion. But for all of us, let's continue to remember not just what we see in the grand scope of God's whole salvation story through his word. But allow your focus to turn to Jesus as we can never forget to remember who he is, what he said, and what he's done. And I pray that you would know him, that, you'd live for la- you, that we would all live our lives for him and for his glory.